Now beginning transmission 63 to Pride. Final under Pride Monk. アンタン。さん。毎週漫画の読者のザッタラバンドはスラッシュアマチュアニュースを使用と漫画とピアパクテルバーです。Welcome to episode 64 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are doing the last book in our... Oh, sorry, Adam just texted me. He is. Uh, he will be joining us shortly, folks. Uh, he will not be here at the top of the show. Uh, he is out of vodka. Um, so uh, that terrible tragedy needs to be fixed. And as soon as he gets that fixed, he will uh, be joining us anyway. Uh, this is the last book in our Pride Month. I hope you had a fabulous Pride Month. And we are uh, ending it on the book, The Pride. Uh, aptly named. Uh, so anyway, we have what will be our standard accoutrement, but we will start with the Mistress of Pride. We have Q. Hi everyone, I'm Q. Uh, by the time this airs, we're going to be heading into Tech Week for... What's the show I'm doing? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry everyone. I don't know if you can tell, but it's been a long week for all of us here <laughs> at the Funny Books and Firewater <laughs> Podcast. Yes. Um, so we're going to be headed into actually not even just Tech Week, but like opening week of um, Sister Act, and um, it is... It is going to be a tumultuous time. Uh, we're about four weeks out currently, but through the magic of the internet, um, <laughs> we're already gearing close. So, I mean, again, this isn't going to air until we open, so hopefully we can have this fixed by then. But we just got news our lead actress has to drop out of the show. Which oh, is, no. Yeah, so her mother is... Yes, pretty That's much. That's dropping out of the show. Her, her mother is not doing well. and Well, now I feel bad about that drop. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can edit it out later. But yeah, her, her, her mother is not doing well, and um, so it could be tomorrow or it could be opening night. You know when when things go down. So anyway, uh, our love and support goes out to her. And again, hopefully by the time this airs, fingers crossed, we'll still have a show uh, going on. Also, at the time of this recording, the um, you know in my cabaret, um, Eleanor's New Deal Cabaret presents Broadway in the Beltway. It is on Sunday, so it's currently Friday night. I'm kind of freaking out, but uh, I'm really excited. It's a sold-out show. 
Uh, it's going to be standing room only. I'm really pumped for it. And um, anyway, by the time this airs, it'll be already a month gone. But anyway, still pretty excited. Uh, we still don't have a Christmas show to announce, but <laughs> auditions are going to be in August, everybody. <laughs> Come on down. It's going to be a Christmas musical regardless, so you know the drill. Anyway, it is it is a weird and crazy time for me right now, so uh, everybody just keep those positive thoughts going like I'm doing on Facebook, for those of you following me on Facebook, because it is, I mean, we're saying fuck the planet. We can know, I mean, it's, uh, anyway, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> That is known as a Todd transition right there. That is known as a Todd transition. Also known as a Todd transition is our other member of the podcast so far today we have Todd. Yes, I am Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake, Utah, far away from Maryland, where we're sending positive vibes to Q. I will say, Q, your Facebook, like, happy thought, positive thought of the day thing always brings me a smile, as does Adam's here-you-go posts of (laughs) some delicious-looking individual. Sometimes it's men, sometimes it's women, but they all look good. So, I have two things to look forward to every day from the YouTube guys there. I'm like, yeah, well, at least I got that, and that's not so bad. So, yeah, um, I'm just here in Salt Lake. I'm a panelist here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where you can find me, and if you find me elsewhere, I'm really impressed. Way to go. Good luck. And joining us shortly, we will have Adam, who is film criticism editor for Big Shiny Robot website. He also does a uh, podcast with uh, movie reviews with our good friend Andy. Uh, hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Uh, over at the uh, Board as Hell podcast, and he is also planning a trip out to Utah in the near future. Or not Utah? Uh, no. Sorry, not to Utah, to California in the near future. And that's about all I can think of. And hi, I'm Brian. Um, I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. Uh, I'm currently sound designing six shows for the Lyric Rep. And at the time this comes out, I will, technically in the morning that this comes out, I will still be in Utah. And I will be about to uh, head back to California after having opened uh, Big River. So, so far, if you're listening to this, uh, Big River and the Complete Works of William Shakespeare Bridge are opened uh, this coming week. Where they will be opening wait until dark and the following week they will be opening the foreigner and then those will run and rep throughout the course of the summer uh so uh lots of uh, chances to go see some uh some fun shows uh and then also i am sound designing a video game called killing comma my friend which uh hopefully is supposed to come out this summer if, or not the summer this fall if i ever get a chance to actually work on that shit so anyway we are here to talk about the pride um, this is an independent book. If you do decide to read along uh, with us on this book, uh, you can buy a physical copy if you want to. It is coming from England. I got mine relatively quickly. Um, I ordered it, but it was like 50 bucks uh, with exchange rate and shipping and all that nonsense. But Same. Did you buy a physical copy as well? Yep, yep. The big but it only took me like two or three days to get it. I was surprised at how fast I got it. It was coming from England. I ordered it way in advance. I mean, I'll give you a little preview of it. Basically, it is um, there's a gay superhero called Fab Man who uh, f- I feel like ripped off his uh, his gag from Captain Fabulous, one of my other favorite superheroes, um, which we can discuss later if we would like you. And he is trying to put together basically a superhero team of uh, out and proud gay superheroes to try to uh, compete with the similar but not actually the Justice League, but groups like that. So he wants to have a, a positive mark out there for uh, gay superheroes. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. 
our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Vote for Pedro. Do you expect me to talk? Vote for Pedro. Now, who is the bond? I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. This is the point in time on which we vote and uh, sort of like want to save you a little bit of money. We don't want you to say what you might waste your money on something you may or may not like. Uh, so this is a yay or nay should you read this book. I am I'm kind of on the fence personally. Half of me is like uh, it's okay. I feel better about it because I'm paying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping support an independent comic book artist. Uh, if this was something that had come out from like a Marvel or a DC, I would be very much against it. Uh, so I'm like a 50-50 on it. So if you want to support an independent artist, I say yay. If that's not something you give a shit about, then that might not be your thing. But also if you just really want to have a gay superhero book in your collection, that also is something that you may want to have. Uh, Todd, what is your vote? Uh, pass on your it. Pass. I would not read this okay. again or recommend it to others. Q, what's your vote? I say yay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with the caveat that it is expensive. Again, you're supporting um, gay superheroes written by gay people for gay people. Um, and, I mean, it was. I enjoyed it. I say yay. Now, I say I got mine on Comixology. Yes. And it was like 14 bucks on Comixology in that yeah. regard. So the digital copy there, if you do want to look and get what we're talking about here, you can get it for about a third of that $50 that Brian spent. So yeah. I, just, I like to have physical copies. I'm just weird sure. that. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Q, do you want to go first? Sure. My drinking game is called Proud to, of the Pride. So anytime someone says proud or pride or any form of the, that word, drink. So my drinking game is, uh, and you have to do it in this voice, the, the, the Team America, we're going to need a montage. Because every <laughs> single time, every single time they're like, oh, we're not ready or, oh, we need more training. You have to take a drink because it happens like every two pages. So. Todd, what is your drinking game? When that dude spent more time on his hair making it look messy on purpose than he should have, you need to take a drink. What dude? Well, no, there's a couple of characters, you know? It's like, oh, look, I'm going to have this, like, spend all this time making it look a little messy and quaffed type of a deal. You've got Fab Man in there, and you've got Metal Man. Did we literally read the same book? Because I don't know (laughs) what the fuck you're talking about. Well, I guess we'll find out. Seriously, also, listening to our episodes, you have an obsession with the way people's hair is drawn. <laughs> we all have our things, Q. Sure, my mother has a thing about celebrity heights. Todd has a thing about superhero hair, apparently. Apparently I do, because I'm losing mine as time goes on, so it's maybe it's just more out of jealousy and envy. It could be for that. Okay, we'll, we'll call that uh, follicle envy or something like that. So follicle it, it, envy, there you follicle. go. Okay, and I'm calling myself the saint elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> every time you notice that the author picks the location, and this is mainly specifically for the villain, the location of elsewhere. It doesn't say, you know, New York City or Chicago or Baltimore. It just says elsewhere. Every time that happens, take a drink. And uh, Adam is on his way back from getting booze. I'm giving you the update now and mm-hmm. going back to his vote. Uh, it was a half-hearted yes, so we're kind of 50-50 on that. 
I mean, that kind of takes us to the break as we're plowing through all this, I guess. <laughs> and everyone is so interested in all of these things that are in all of these right things. Now. While we're stalling for Adam. <laughs> uh, because this doesn't necessarily apply to anything. This might or might not be my recommendation for the day, but I'm going to try this on mm-hmm. air. So um, a little while ago, I noticed on uh, a friend of mine's Facebook page that there is a distillery, and I think they're in Minnesota. Let me look at this real fast. Prestige Imports LLC in Mount Clements, Minnesota, and they're distilled and bottled by in Severville or Sevierville, Tennessee. But this is a Hellboy-themed uh, whiskey, or not whiskey? It's, yeah, it's cinnamon whiskey. It's called Hellwater. It has Hellboy on the cover of it, and of course, because I love Hellboy and its comic books and its booze, I had to get some. So. They had a minimum order. You had to spend at least $60. They're $20 a bottle. So I bought three bottles of it and had it delivered to my house. Something you can't do if you're in Utah. I'm sorry. No. Uh, so I'm going to taste this for the first time. I just cracked this open. It is a very, very red booze. Like, probably one of the most red food coloring looking things I've ever seen. Like, it has the consistency. Like, it looks like Kool-Aid. Like, it's literally what it looks like. Um, and it says it is corn whiskey with natural flavors and added caramel color. So I'm going to take a taste of this on air. We'll see how this goes. This could be horrible audio or great audio. So we'll see how this goes. Everyone loves silence on a podcast. You love sound, silence on a podcast? It's not yeah, bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's it not tastes, bad. No, it tastes um, a lot like a... What's that What's that candy? The Warhead? Is that right? Warheads. You know Warheads? Those are like, the, aren't those the sour warheads? candies? No, I, I, what, what is it? Maybe it's not Warheads. It's the Fireballs. That's what it is. Like the, the Fireballs. The fireball so candies. like Fireball? I mean, it's a cinnamon whiskey, so of course, yeah, it's like Fireball oh, okay. whiskey. I don't know. I feel like this hmm. tastes more like the candy than Fireball uh, whiskey actual does. whiskey does. So, um, so speaking of Fireball, for my uh-huh. birthday, a friend of mine made homemade Fireball for me. <laughs> that shit was delicious. I can imagine. I actually would recommend that. So, I mean, I have a lot of other recommendations to go with, but uh, Hellboy Hellwater is not bad. It's actually not bad at all. And now that I've tasted that, we'll see how weird I get for the rest of the episode. Anyway, well, <laughs> since we're plowing through this, um, I, I guess we're just going to go to a break. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have Adam rejoin us at some point in time in the near future. He's on his way back from a beer run. But this is your opportunity while we wait for Adam. You don't have to wait. It's the magic of modern technology. We can, like, you can pause and read the book and come back and rejoin us. Or if you don't want to read the book, you can just plow through and listen to us spoil the hell out of it and rant and ramble about all sorts of random shit. And uh, and then we'll, we'll continue on. So enjoy, and uh, we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. We are hmm. back and still sans Adam. So, um, things you do for a beer, Ron. So yeah. Uh, well then, uh, Q. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do a uh, do want to do a lightning round? I mean, I guess I can. Do you not want to do it? No, no, I don't. Again, I apologize to our listeners because I have been so out of it the last couple episodes. The month of May has fucking sucked. So, I apologize. Um. All right. So the pride. Take a drink. Lightning round begins now. So our story opens with Fab Man, and he sees a little boy playing with an action figure of his, and other little boys are making fun of him. And the boy's like, but Fab Man, you're such a great hero, which kind of inspires him to then go around to other LGBT heroes and say, hey, we should all join together and be a team. So uh, one is Frost, 
who has ice powers, who is from London and has this whole like dominatrix teacher thing going on. Very Emma Frost, which later in the notes of the thing, they like kind of became aware of and I'm like, well, maybe you should have tried harder to make a different character, but that's beside the point. Um, so there's another character called White Trash, which is kind of, he's kind of amazing. So it's just White Trash. I like think White Trash. Weird about White Trash is why is he based out of LA? That's the thing I think is weird, but that's totally different issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably because he moved out of whatever fucking podunk town he was from and moved to L.A. That's what you did, Brian. Yeah. Well, there's that truth. <laughs> like, like most gay children. Um, and uh, and then there's Bear and Angel. Angel being a drag queen and Bear literally being a bear. Muscle Mary, who was very strong yet black. Uh, Wonder Woman analog. And then they get a uh, new recruit called Twink who can turn his skin into metal, much like Colossus, and uh, a kind of a Batman analog, a guy named Wolf. And they form their gay superhero team called the Pride, and Wolf tries to train them. You find out that Wolf used to be a part of the Justice Division. They're just like analog with this really, really annoying character called Super Dude, because he's very dude. Uh, so they fired him for being gay. There's also this creepy preacher dude who has a, a big muscle man called Basher, which uh, is, anyway. So they come together, they try to train. The Justice Division kind of comes in as like, you guys should be doing this. There is a fire at a gay club by Firebomb is his name. So they stop him. They save the day. They're all over the news. The Justice Division pretty much comes in and says, uh, you guys really should be doing this you guys aren't ready and they're like whatever we're gonna do this anyway so then basher kidnaps bear's son so then everyone's trying to figure out what's going on bear goes to go retrieve him and gets beat up the pride comes in to try to help but basher takes them all out and kidnaps bear who they think is dead Uh, you find out that Bear's son also has superpowers and is named Cub, and he joins the Pride. Muscle Mary and Frost have a bit of a romantic thing, as do Twink and Wolf. The preacher, whatever, Reverend, um, is gonna use Bear in some machine to do something, and somehow Bear, like, sends a dream to Wolf. I'm not sure if that's just gay vibes. I don't know. Can, but both of you are straight, but I'm like, can we do that? Can we send each other dreams? I don't know. Um, I send you dreams every night, Q. Oh, <laughs> hi, hon. So, anyway, the so the Reverend uses these powers, at, which, so in the Pride universe, uh, it's called the XL, which I, I'm guessing is like the... X gene, the the mutant gene. So there are some superheroes who have it, some that don't. So what the Reverend has done has used Bear to power this machine that lets him use his own superpowers to take control of people who are XL positive. And the Justice Division comes to attack the Pride. Um, They defeat them with the help of the other members of the Justice Division. Uh, They find out where the Reverend is holding Bear. They go and there's a whole bunch of other heroes that are there to stop them. They fight through. 
They defeat um, the Reverend and Basher. They are hailed as heroes. Issue six ends with uh, Fab Man going back to Billy, the little boy at the beginning of issue one, and uh, Billy still being so proud of him. Um, there's also a whole bunch of like mini stories in here, which you know we kind of decided as a group not to read. I didn't read them, but I kind of just flipped through them. Some of them are interesting, some of them are not. Uh, there's some some other good little character things in there, which are fun. Uh, my favorite ones were like the quick little one-page origin stories of all of the um, of all of the characters, which which was kind of nice. Um, and then at the end of the big collection that I'm sure Brian also has are just some <laughs> sketches, some um, and some ideas of character descriptions of characters. Uh, one of my uh, other little random things that happened in like these adventures is two villains are introduced. Uh, one called Poker Face, who is obviously based on Lady Gaga and Harley Quinn, and then another one called Outrage, who is a victim of um, a gay bashing and his. Uh, boyfriend and or husband is murdered and he then uses technology to um, get back at people. So that is the end. Ta-da! Ta-da! Dun-dun-dun! Sorry, I was looking for that drop. <laughs> now that I added in this one today, <laughs> I, yes. I took a while to get around to it. Always in the most appropriate of places too, Brian. <laughs> I know, right? I, I always scream in most inappropriate places. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Did I mention on the last episode that my ringtone is uh, actually ignore her? She drinks. <laughs> that's my that's my text ring. So I like that. So Adam, how are you? Good to see you. How you doing? Oh, you know, just for the proof that God doesn't exist. So. Oh uh, well, yeah, another feeling. Adam, what are your uh, thoughts now that you're joining us? Here, here's the thing: is there was, and, and Q knows this. <clears throat> uh, back when queers folk was still a thing, mm-hmm. uh, they actually had a, a gay comic book hero called Rage, and it was uh, written by Michael Novotny. He was the big geek character, and it was it was a, a lot more X-rated than this comic was. But when I first started reading it, I kind of got that vibe: like this is going to be really fun and cool. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff in here that I think was really great. I love the fact that they kind of, they, they made a point to represent trans people because at first the fab was like, oh, it's just the lesbian, gay, and bisexual team. And they're like, uh, no, there are trans people here too. And he's like, well, what is it? What difference does a team make? And they're like, uh, everything. So, you know, he kind of reluctantly did that, but they made the point that it's not just the LGB, it's the whole spectrum. I like that we, you know, you kind of, you had a bear, you had a twink, you had a wolf, you had a cub. I mean, you had kind of all different body types and archetypes. I love the fact that uh, we had an HIV positive character and it it was presented in a way that wasn't, you know, that was, yeah, the uh, twink was kind of scared at first, didn't really know how to react around him. And they had a really good open and honest conversation about what it's like to be positive. I mean, I'm I'm not positive, but I have friends who have been and, you know, it's a discussion that needs to be brought up more and more often. The one thing I, I wish this comic would... Well, there's two things I have problems with. One, I'm sorry, but I get that you have to change right, you know, uh, artists every so often. Mm-hmm. But when it's in the middle of a fucking issue, it just rips me out of it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it makes no sense. Um, that and also it was really, really heavy-handed with the, uh, the anti-religious thing. Um, and as someone who's not religious... You know that did kind of bother me because they took it too far. There was like there's a really really fun 
animated short series called Queer Duck, and Showtime actually did a movie out of it, and the bad guy was this, it was a horse, <laughs> a literal horse, because everyone in this, in this world is an animal, and he was the over-the-top Southern Baptist preacher who wanted to turn Queer Duck straight, and succeeded, and then, then things happened. But it was presented as campy and over-the-top stupid fun, and this just kind of felt really, really mean-spirited in certain ways. And again, as much as I understand that, you know, as a queer person myself and having gone through a lot of shit in my life, which you've heard on past episodes, that mm-hmm. there is a lot of problems out there with overly religious people, you know, who want us dead or don't want us to exist at all or want us to all go straight, whatever the case may be, uh, it, it just felt like it was too much. And... I think they could have dialed it back and maybe had some more fun in camp with it, like the whole series for the most part had been. And I don't know. I think they just took it too far. And I wasn't offended or anything because I'm not the person who would get offended at pretty much anything, let alone making fun of religious people. But I just felt like they didn't go the right way around it. So in the end, you know, I, I liked it. I kind of want to go read some more. Uh, but I gave it a half-hearted thumbs up just because the problems with, like, the with the actual art and then they just they took things too far and I just I, I couldn't stand with that so Todd what are your thoughts reading this and you had mentioned at the beginning Brian that you like to support independent artists and whatnot in their work I think in its own ways the ideas for a lot of this here were really good I really enjoyed a lot of this but I read some of the writing and what I really feel you had even made the comment is if it had come back out from DC or Marvel you would have been upset and changed your grading but since it was independent you're giving it a pass but I think where that weakness really shines out is what we really needed is a better editor and more rewriting I think this was put to publication the ideas are great and everything there but this feels like draft four of what should have been eight drafts to get it into there to polish some things out or to have it that flow or even juvenile in the writing is not quite the right term I'm going for but it wasn't the expression of his ideas I think failed to meet what they were going for I think in, in, in what you're saying it felt to me a little like when someone and I, I don't know this case and I don't know if this is the case at all and I don't want to accuse this person I, of it but, I have no yeah okay yeah but but what I remember like in the 80s when all of a sudden rap became popular and like even car commercials were trying to do these really bad raps mm-hmm. and people saw the genre thought it was easy so they did poor imitations of it and they did it in a lazy fashion it sometimes mm-hmm. the writing felt to me like oh comic books are stupid so I don't have to put a lot of effort into the writing or the dialogue and so therefore I felt like that was kind of a weak point like that's what it came across to me as I don't know if that's necessarily the case but that's kind of what it reminded me of is those instances where people sort of undersell or think that it doesn't have to be uh, high art or it doesn't have they don't have to put in a full effort or maybe they just you know they think it, it can be easier than it really is and don't put in the, the full effort that's what See, it felt and, like and, and, and I think that's kind of a shitty way to look at it uh-huh. um, so listen everyone and th- 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 this is going to be a little a little bit of just my kind of personal opinion. Not sure. everyone is as talented as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know, we would like to think that, you know, when people are either professionals, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, in whatever job that they have, especially when it comes to the arts, that, you know, we're on an even playing field. Well, do you know what? We're not. There are some people who are better at things than others. So I give full props to the people for putting together this book. 
Do mm-hmm. I think do I think all the art is great? No. Especially as Adam pointed out when it's in the middle of an issue. That also completely threw me off because I was enjoying that particular artist and then mm-hmm. turning the page and it's like, whoa, what the fuck is this? That to me also says that there was probably some edit that happened and you know they had to have someone draw some art real quick. Um, mm-hmm. And also, this guy is putting together an independent book. He's probably like, hey, can can, can you draw me three pages real quick? Because you know mm-hmm. I now got to get this this shit together and out because my deadlines, blah blah blah. blah. So so I think by having that thing saying, oh well, these people just don't care. I think is not correct. They're probably they probably just don't have the financing or the talent or the ability to be self-aware enough to be like, you know what, I probably need another editor to help me with this. Like, my, I'm not... Like, George Lucas, for example, the first three Star Wars movies, or especially the second two, he was like, oh, do you know what? This is probably going to be better if someone else handles this. Whereas, no, I think you're, you're saw- saying uh, self-aware, not being self-aware. I think that's a better description of what I'm trying to say. Um, I think you, I think you've hit it more on the head. I, sure. For me, it, it, it just didn't feel as polished, and I think, as you said... Not being self-aware enough to know that it needs a little extra help, I think that's a better way of describing what I'm feeling. Because because also there are some yeah. people who do think that they are amazing at what they do, and mm-hmm. they're just not. And that's not that's not to be mean or saying that mm-hmm. my opinion is the one that's the one true opinion, or you know that my level of art is what everyone else should uh, strive you know strive to do. But I I just think that it's kind of unfair because this is not you know, a DC or or Marvel book where they've got the money to, to back it up. So, you know, this guy put together this thing, which is why I'm like, you know what, yeah, I'm gonna spend 50 bucks on this book to uh, help this guy and maybe, um, you know, he'll, he'll have other stuff. But, so with the art, I do wanna say, so the the, the first three issues were uh, were drawn by, um, oh, who was the, fir- the, the first three issues? Who I, I'm guessing who is this guy's kind of like, regular person. Hold on, where's the freaking Yeah, it's Tips McGee. Uh, <laughs> Gavin, Gavin Mitchell did the first two. Actually, my favorite artist uh, was Hector Barros. Um, so, also, Joe Glass is the one who, who wrote all of these things. I, I liked Hector Barros, who did the um, who did the, the issue where Bear goes to confront um, Thasher, I thought that art was really incredible. That, art, that was my favorite issue. That was incredible art, and I loved every every moment of it. And, and like, like I said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to say, like you mentioned, Q with the art. Like I understand that you know maybe again this wasn't high profile DC money or anything sure. else, but you know there were certain things that were done really well that I loved. But my problem was that one issue where halfway through it just cut. I'm like. Jesus Christ. Yes, like and, I, and I 100% agree. It is definitely a shock to turn the page and be like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Nobody looks at anything the same. But then later, yeah, in the, but, but it looks like this entire issue, issue five, like the entire issue is done by a whole bunch of different people. Now, there is some really great art, like the whole um, cub fighting uh, the robot that's that stuff's really nice but that and like then there's like some more cartoony stuff but also issue six which is drawn by god damn it 
Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. It, whoever draws issue six, I'm also a big fan of of that art, where it's still kind of cartoony, but still very comic book superhero-y. Um, I really like that as well. But anyway, that, that that's kind of my opinion on, on the book. Is it the best? Is Does the writing get a little clunky? Yes. Again, we were just talking about the art. Not going to talk about that again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this was someone's dream and I'm sure that they are really proud of it and I'm sure hindsight they're going oh yeah you know what we probably shouldn't have done that and you know this is what I want to do to fix this and um you know all, all of that kind of stuff I, I I just didn't want us to be super shitty about someone's book saying that they don't care which 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 I don't think is true that is true and the fact it, it's been published and they did it and so many people have these ideas of oh I'm going to do this the guy fucking did it and that's commendable and so hats off to that it's just in that regard and I agree with you there Q and there's a lot of great ideas in here I guess what's going is it's indie roots are obvious I suppose as much as I going in that regard as you can tell it is an indie book for those few reasons and having the um a good editor really brings things out and other people that makes them better and you know I'm probably it probably wasn't there and there was rushes but you can't see some of that there art changing right there that was jarring but there was other things too that was the writing was jarring in a few spots for me as well mm -hmm. that I could watch it in that regard like, but I, I, I completely didn't understand why um, the Justice Division was attacking them the second time the first time I got it the second mm -hmm. time I didn't understand it until it was explained after the fight like, I, it was just all of a sudden, uh, it's one of those, I've turned the page and, wait, did I miss something? Are two pages sticking together? Um, you know, what, what what's what's going on there? Oh, so another good point that I think that the, um, that Joe Glass, um, who I kept want, I keep wanting to call George Glass, because he's my boyfriend, you know? He, he lives in Canada. Uh, sorry, I just choked on beer. Look at you being all butch. Well, it's 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 uh, not your father's ginger ale. It was it's like one of the last holdouts of my birthday party that I'm trying to get rid of. Is the whole thing of well, do we need a gay superhero team, and do they need to? all be gay and do they you know do we have to have our own thing when you know if we're for everyone shouldn't we all just be together which is something that i think any person who is any kind of minority faces you know it's like why do we have gay pride why do we, you know why is there a logo channel why is there bet why are there um movies that only star black people why are there movies that are um all in spanish you know mm -hmm. you know the same kind of things that we hear all the time and it's like well for representation, like if you're not gonna give us representation, then we're gonna do it ourselves, but then we're gonna be sort of slapped in the face with it being like, well, I mean, you guys are just doing this to yourself because you just wanna be segregated. That's like, no, there was nothing for us, so we tried mm -hmm. to do something ourselves. I really, I really like that idea. Um, and uh, I, I felt that it was kind of, you know, it kind of got lost in the sauce as it was trying to be a little more of an adventure book and not so much the political statement. Uh, something that I kind of didn't like and I also felt was a little more heavy-handed was the character of Angel randomly showing up to Bear's faux funeral with his wife mm -hmm. and saying that he's pansexual. I felt like 
that was kind of like, well, we're going to do this pansexual character so we can say we have a pansexual character and to shock mm-hmm. everyone by having our drag character show up in, in, in a men's suit and have a wife. Like, I, I felt that was a little more... That, that felt inorganic as the, the character previously. But, I mean, I, I guess not really seeing any, you know, other other things with, with the character. And... All, and I know it also has to deal with the art, but they literally didn't look the same. Like, I felt like the whole facial structure and body type wasn't at all the same as to the man portrayed at the funeral versus the female presenting drag queen, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of also strange. Um, but anyway, I, I think I think overall, uh, if you've got the money and you want to support independent comics... You know, you, I I think you should go ahead and and do it, um, but you know, if, if if you like more of a polished superhero tale, it's probably not going to be for you. Or if you don't like gay people, probably not going to be for you. Well, then you can go fuck yourself. If you don't like gay people, you're probably not listening to this. If you don't like gay people, don't listen to this podcast. You were. Uh, <laughs> I'm really fine with losing that demographic of people who don't like gay exactly, people. I'm yeah. fine and, and actually, you know, this uh, I got this book digitally. Uh, so if if you want to do the digital route, it was like twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys might have paid more for a physical version, but uh, it is out there in ways that are much more affordable and you know you brings up a really really important point about representation and it, it's one of the things whenever i moderate the lgbt panel at comic-con um which hopefully i'll be doing again this year it's something that always gets brought up and how important it is to see yourself uh and see someone who represents you in a book in a comic on screen you know on stage or whatever else and Q brought up the point about you know well, why do we need you know, gay pride, and what's funny is as we're recording this, because we go back in time, uh, pride is this weekend, and I, as, as shitty of a day as I've had, like, I know this weekend's going to be amazing, because I get to walk around downtown Salt Lake City holding my husband's hand, and not get weird looks, not get jeers, but get people to high-five us, whether they're gay, straight, bisexual, transsexual, uh, transgender, excuse me, um, asexual, inter- whatever they are, even straight people there, like, it's... And then people come up and be like, well, we want a straight pride parade or a, or we want White History Month or whatever else. It's like, um, you don't need it. It's called every other fucking day of the year, <laughs> you know? And and that's, you know, people talk about, oh, hey, we're remembering, you know, the, the birth of the gay right movement uh, and everything else. You know, for me, what I've kind of gone through an evolution over the last, you know, I'd say a couple months. And, you know, I was always... No, I would never say I was proud to be gay. I just, you know, I was, you know, oh, I, that's who I am. It's part of my life. Uh, if you don't accept me, fuck you kind of thing. Um, this year going into Pride, I'm going in with a really strong sense of celebration of who I am. Like, I was talking with someone, and, uh, you know, they asked the question. And it was it was, it was a, a good friend, and they it comes up in conversation. is like, well, if you could be straight, would you? Because then he wouldn't make your life easier. And they weren't saying it in a bad way. They were just really genuinely curious because they'd never asked someone before. Um, and I was like, hell no. There's no way in hell I would ever, ever choose to be straight. I love my life. I love everything about my life. I love the fact that I can say and do things that might be considered feminine and not give a flying fuck if anyone thinks it's wrong. Like, I posted on Facebook and QU immediately liked it. Was my quote from Queer as Folk about, I'd rather my fa- flame burn bright than be some puny little pilot light. 
Let it dwindle um, like a pilot light. I'm sorry, it's one of my mm -hmm. favorite quotes no. from the show. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I looked it up on Google and it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love the fact that I can, you know, be stupid, you know, say what I want and think what I want and use words like, like, like Emma said, like fabulous and divine and I don't give a fuck and no one else should. This is when everyone's flipping out over the male rompers and this and that and like people are online going apeshit about that. Like, I'm sorry, but first of all, when is anyone laughing like a woman a bad thing? And two, uh, I'm sorry, but if you look at history, uh, high heel shoes and wigs were the height of men's fashion a couple centuries ago. The whole idea of what's male and female and gender is consistently changing. So, yeah, this year I'm going in this as a celebration of queerness, as who I am. I don't give a fuck what you think. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I can sit here now and say, yes, I'm very proud to be gay. I'm quite proud to be queer. Fuck all y'all. I'm having fun this weekend. And good night. <laughs> there's, my, there's my soapbox. I'm stepping down now. <laughs> uh, Adam, I was like, I've actually been thinking about this, and I wish I could. I've had the conversation with my mom about uh, representation a few times, and I wish I could bring her to the LGBT panel, but I don't think she would get the message that needed to be gotten from her being in that room. You know what I mean? Because uh. like, I've had the conversation with her a few times about why it's important for Dumbledore to be gay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like She doesn't necessarily understand that, and I was like, it's not for you. It doesn't matter for you. It matters for the, the, the gay kid in Omaha you know, that needs to be able to see that one of the greatest wizards in the world was gay, so they have something to identify with. It doesn't affect you. You're straight. Mm -hmm. You know, you're white. It is not for yeah. you, you know? Um, it's the same thing. Like, and I think it would be a more obvious thing of, like, the Black Panther. You know what I mean? Why is that, why is that movie going to be important? Or Wonder Woman for that, you mm -hmm. know, for that thing. Like, it's important to have a strong female character for you know, women and people who identify as women to look up for, up to. You know what I mean? It is. It's funny as we're saying this because, again, going back in time, we're in the middle of this whole big debate that the Alamo Draft House is showing mm -hmm. a, a woman-only screening of Wonder Woman, and it's only a female projectionist, female servers, or people who identify as women, and everyone is flipping the fuck out about it. And the funny thing is, is like, you get these these men, actually mostly white dudes, you know, because that's the ones who feel persecuted I for apologize God. on behalf of straight white dudes <laughs> they're, they're up there bitching and moaning about well that's segregation and blah 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 this and that and I'm like hey first of all bitch it's a Tuesday screening at like 7pm there are showings at 6.45 and 7.15 it's not like you can't go see the fucking movie also for everyone who is dying to see this movie you've already seen it because it's been out for five days but no, we're going to sit there and we're going to have a bitch fit because you know it's going to be uh, this empowering thing for women. And actually, as we record this, uh, and I'll talk more later, mm -hmm. I literally just got home from seeing it because I couldn't go to the screening because I had tickets for Cinderella, which has some fantastic costumes and amazing fast changes on set. Uh, again, it's, it's been a long day and it's been a really shitty day. That movie is what I needed to get me through it because there's, there's a scene where... Uh, all these guys are hunkered down in the trench, and they're like, "Oh, we've been here for a year. We can't, we can't get through." And Wonder Woman's like, "Well, then I'm going to go through." And she gets out of the trench and just runs towards the Germans. That scene, and again, they, Patty Jenkins does a, does a magnificent job with slow mo for that movie, and Michael Bay, because I'm going to be stuck watching Transformers 25, which is three and a half fucking hours long. <laughs> no, uh, that scene when she just pulls out her, you know, runs up with her shield. 
Like, I wanted to fucking stand up and just start cheering and shouting and yelling because I cried. It was the most beautiful thing I've seen in the movie in a long time. And it just, it, it hit me so hard. And then I sat, I was thinking to myself, and I'm just a gay dude. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like for a, a 6, 10, 5-year-old little girl who gets to see that the most powerful person in this movie, and especially in that moment, is this amazingly strong woman. And she can sit there and be like, I can be like that. Maybe not by going to fight Germans, but I can be like that with people in my life, with my job, with my career, with whatever else going on. That sense of empowerment is something that I, I can't imagine for myself because I'm not a woman, but I'm so stoked that on Tuesday, weeks before this, uh, there's going to be theaters full of women who are going to be able to all stand up and cheer and clap and yell and just lose their shit because they're finally getting that representation they need. It was like Ray in Star Wars. You know, we've got a friend who loves Star Wars and his daughter mm-hmm. never did. Went and saw Force Awakens and she's like, oh my God, I can be a Star Wars. I can love this now. There's something there for me. And, you know, I'd, it'd be awesome, you know, for me as a gay person to go see a future Star Wars and have a main character who is gay and be like, oh my God, that's me. Because as much as I love Star Wars, and yes, as a male, I am represented very well through all those movies. <laughs> It'd be really cool to have that character and be like, hey, that's me up there. And even as someone in my late 30s, that would still just give me chills. So I don't know where I started from this, but yes, representation is important. <laughs> Todd, we got your thoughts on this, correct? Yes, I'm good. Okay, I've given my thoughts. Q's given your thoughts. Adam's given your thoughts. But we haven't gotten cocktails. So I found this one. It was on a British Pride you know, weekend cocktail uh, website. So this is the Seaman's Surprise. Um, those are my those are my favorite i know but it's nautical kids it's nautical um it is uh one part of vodka and one part of sore uh, orange something similar to triple sec uh, and pineapple pineapple juice in a cocktail shaker you shake the shit out of it and you strain it and you uh, put a lemonade float on top of it it sounds delicious i'll be honest i'm envious that i don't have this to drink tonight adam do you have a cocktail uh, i do it's called the fab and you take three-quarter ounce of uh, freshly squeezed lemon juice, add it to a rocks glass with six large blackberries. You muddle those, fill the glass with ice, and then in a shaker, you add uh, one-half ounce of creme de cassis, half ounce of simple syrup, and one-and-a-half ounce, and again, it has to be Madame Petrini gin. You mix that together, pour it over the rocks glass, you stir, and you garnish with blackberries. That sounds pretty amazing, actually. Well, it's nice. It's like a nice summer drink, too, as we're getting into like the, the hot time of summer. It's something kind of fun for that. I would so. totally drink the shit out of that one. So, nice. yes. Ooh. Thank you. Todd, what's your cocktail? Well, mine's lame compared <laughs> to that one. So let's just bask in the glory of that one. But doing this and with pride or whatnot, I was going, what's kind of a uh, cheesy drink? So my mind kind of went towards a Mike's Hard Lemonade kind of a drink as a base. Okay. So mine's got a Mike's Hard Lemonade and you go, um, actually it's the Mark's, Mike's Hard Cranberry. And then you go ahead and you throw in your um, blue UV vodka with it and you just mix them one-to-one on a mix on that. And I call that the uh, superhero because if you drink a few of those, you might think you are one. You might get another hockey entry, huh, Todd? Just might. That's right. You know what's really, really funny about that? Is I made that drink up years ago and called it a Smurf cum shot. (laughs) Also fitting for pride. I shit you not. I I was about, I was uh, (laughs) 2002 or three. My buddy was living in the Cal Oaks apartment in uh, Marietta, California. And that was was the summer of uh, Texas Hold'em because it was just starting to get big. And we were teaching all of our friends how to play. And I was always the bartender, and one night I mixed a Mike's Heart Lemonade with the blue UV vodka and called it a Smurf cum shot. Nice. 
So Brian made a reference to my hockey wound. So up at Utah State, we were uh, on the PlayStation, playing hockey on the PlayStation. And we were on the coffee table getting all into it. I swing my arm back and my elbow crashes into my wife's cute little delicate glass and candle votive sitting in there. So I cut open the back part of my elbow with this. And so, and it looks messy. I clean it all up. But from that day on where people's like, dude, how did you hurt yourself? I'm like, oh, I was playing hockey. Like, yeah. oh, right on. <laughs> that was the hockey injury. And people are like, That's, oh, rock on. Yeah, like, dude, I have respect for that. I'm like, do you, though? <laughs> if you only knew. If you only knew. But that's how, yeah, I hurt myself playing hockey. You always bleed with hockey. True. Q, do you have a cocktail for us? Yes, I do. Mine is called Pride Punch. It nice. is... One part apple liqueur, one part blueberry liqueur, one part cranberry juice, two parts tropical fruit juice, and some Pop Rocks. So you mix the two juices together, uh, pour that into a glass, and then you mix the, the liquors together, shake well over ice, uh, strain into your your juices and then you sprinkle pop rocks all over that so you can also rinse your glass with pop rocks you just put them right into that juice and make it all just poppy throw a pink umbrella on it and serve with pride pop rocks and rimming too my favorite thing yeah they, uh, especially see, now especially make a pop rocks rim job joke <laughs> <sighs> adam beat me to it okay it figures i'm sorry i, I Apologies, I didn't mean to. No, it's all good. <laughs> if anyone's going to make a rim job joke, I'm assuming you're going to beat me to it. That's just how it's going to go. Well, cool. Does anybody else have anything else they want to throw in before we go into final grades? I pretty much read through the, uh, the the main story and I stopped after kind of getting into the small ones. But I did really like the uh, the short, uh, It Gets Better, where you've got this kid, Tommy, about to jump off a bridge. And a fab comes and talks to him and explains how, hey, years ago he was there and this is what happened to him. And it ends with a bittersweet note where Tommy doesn't kill himself, but some other young queer kid did. Uh, but the very last panel is uh, a list of places to call that's saying, like, hey, if you are in a place and you need help and you have no one to go to, here's the number for the Trevor Project. If you're in the UK, you can call here uh, or you can go to this website. Uh, so as much as suicide is a huge problem with uh, especially LGBT youth and especially kind of here in Utah, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's a it's, a it's a sadly needed message, so I'm glad it's there. I just wish it didn't have to be there. I agree uh, on both those accounts. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. So fucking fun. God, please, no! 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 Well, Adam, do you want to give us your final grade? I, again, my, I have some problems with some of the heavy-handed ways it took things. Uh, the, 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 the splitting the artwork in the middle of a issue was jarring. Uh, I'm sitting at a B, though, because I think the overall message is positive. Again, the fact that someone took this in was obviously a passion project and worked on it the best they could to to put a, a book out there that represents as many people in the queer community as they could is a, is a really positive thing. I mean, I couldn't do that. You know, I, 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 I critique art. I don't make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but so I, I want to give them big props for that. 
Uh, I would like it to have been maybe a little more polished, but again, this isn't DC, this isn't Marvel, this isn't Image. Uh, this is a passion, a, a passion project, and so I really respect that. And you know, I, I would like to read more if there's more out there. I don't know if they did more after this, but you know, I, I'd like to see maybe the guy do, do like a Kickstarter, something like that, where maybe you get more funding to to spend more time and and put it out there because there is some really good messages here. So my understanding part of this was Kickstarter, but I don't know the full history. I tried to. Oh, really? Look it up on Wikipedia, and unfortunately, if you try to look up the Pride on Wikipedia, it just comes up with the villainous group from The Runaways, which is also a great book, mm-hmm. but not the one we're talking about here. Todd, what is your final grade? You know, I give this a C plus. I mean, there was a lot of great things here, and really with these grades, and you're doing it in comparison to the other works as well. I mean, not everything is necessarily in a vacuum. So, and yeah, you can tell they um, really put their heart and soul into it, but as how it regulates against the others and how I would rank it, I would give that a C plus. I'm going to go just slightly higher than you. I'm probably going to go with a B minus. Like Adam, I like supporting an independent artist. Um, mm-hmm. I think it had a good message. I think it was heavy handed. Um, it had it had a need, I think, as, uh, as Q pointed out, a better way of describing it. It had a need for uh, someone to help edit it, perhaps, a little bit, or be, be a little more self-aware of some of the issues with it. It had good qualities to it, but it just didn't inspire me enough to want to keep reading, even though I had more in my book. And typically, I want to complete everything that I have there and as much as I thought the first story was fine and it was fun, I wasn't clamoring to finish off the entire book. So for me, that kind of spoke that, uh, you know, that it wasn't necessarily, you know, completely perfect, at least not for me. But let's be honest, I'm a cis white male. So uh, I am not the target audience for that. And that being said, um, you know, in that case, it's probably not bad considering the fact that I'm not the target audience. and I still uh, still appreciated the book. Q, what is your final grade? Uh, I'm going to go with, with a B minus. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked I liked the different characters. I liked that they were kind of stereotypes, but not really. They kind of had some, um, you know, analogs to other uh, characters out there. But you know, we've we've all kind of talked. You know, there are definitely issues um, with with the book. Um, some of the art is really nice, um, and the, this uh, creator Joe Glass, he seems to be able to get some good people at least to do his covers which is which is also mm-hmm. nice but i'm you know i'm all down for you know supporting um a gay artist doing what it is that they love to do i also did like uh that there were a couple of more interesting powers not just you know your kind of basics i mean for the most part the characters are all just kind of super strong people but i, I like that angel had not just telepathy but it was a confusion power mm-hmm. which was which was kind of I really like that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, B minus. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Does anybody have a uh, recommendation they're just clamoring to get out? Sure. Okay. I can't remember if I have recommended this before with other books, but I thought especially with with it being Pride and it was one that I'd kind of thought about even introducing into our Pride month, especially since we were so DC heavy um, <laughs> this month. Uh, we with, were was the Young Avengers, although it also just goes to show you that DC, I think, then, you know, in in our new century, in the 21st century, has done a lot better handling gay characters than uh, Marvel has. But uh, I wanted to put out Young Avengers, which I own the first two volumes. It's very, very well written. It came out right after the whole Avengers Disassemble, and it's kind of people... Um, so originally it's just these 
teens who have superpowers are just like, you know what? We're gonna be kind of like the Avengers and we're just gonna go for it. You kind of find out that each one is sort of tangently related to already existing uh, Avengers, which was kind of cool. Um, one of my face, so it, it also stars two gay characters. So in, at the beginning of in, in the first book, it's just sort of like hinted at that you know, like obviously these two male characters are very close. But at the at the end of the last issue, it's definitely like nope, they're together. They didn't have any um, problems saying that they were. But my favorite is uh, the kid of Billy Ka uh, Kaplan. At in issue number one is Asgardian. As far as uh, being a sort of a Thor analog, he seems to have lightning-based powers, when in actuality you find out that he actually has um, magic uh, capabilities. So he decides to change his name to Wiccan, and so the kids are, the, the joke is the kids are kind of walking around talking about being superheroes. They're like, well, Billy, you really need to change your, your name because... Once they find out about you and Tommy, you really shouldn't be as guardian. Um, which is a great joke, and 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 you kind of get the feeling they're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, oh, sweetie. And I also really like that both Billy and Tommy are also super um, are superhero nerds, which was something that I really identified with. That they're these gay kids who are also like. They get into comic, like not comic books, but superheroes because they're actually real in the Marvel universe. Um, but yeah, so they're they're fun books. Uh, they are sort of now ingrained into the Marvel universe, but their their first foray um, were was really fun. Oh, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, I've got one. Um, I might have brought it up in the past, but again. <laughs> I'll follow Q's example of that, but um, it is by Brian Wood. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, he did the venerable DMZ that we all know <laughs> so well. Uh, this one's called Rebels, a Well-Regulated Militia, and it's actually a uh, historical fiction of the Revolutionary War of this United States here. And it just takes, uh, it's a serialized, so it's little vignettes of different parts of the Revolutionary War, all from the Rebels' point of view as it jumps around. So the art is in a similar style as DMZ, not quite. It's more actually more in line with his um, Northlanders saga, if anyone has read that one. So... But I really enjoy it. It's solid. I'm going to recommend a Valiant book. I, As we were discussing earlier, I don't know if we caught it on the recording or I don't know if it's going to be edited in or not. I have a crazy large to-be-read pile, so I've been plowing through some stuff. And uh, I've been trying to read through the Valiant universe. We started. We actually read uh, Exo Man of War on the show many, many moons ago. The reason why I wanted to recommend this is, is that we've read a few books that were major crossover points, and we've kind of had the issue of the stories jump around because it's different books here and there and things like that. The nice thing I like about... Valiant's crossovers is one, they're normally, if you're collecting them in trades, they only bounce back and forth between two different trades. And in the one I'm thinking of particularly, which is uh, Exo Man of War and uh, the Unity crossover, when you uh, are reading the trade, it actually has, like the first page, gives you a summary of what is in the issue that you would have read on the other side. So you could just read the trade by itself if you wanted to, or it will refresh your memory as to where the story is. So that kind of is like, okay, here's one page of what happened in the other book. So it's like a previously on kind of thing, which is very helpful to help you keep track of you know, what you're reading. And you can go back and forth and read them, which is, I currently am reading both trades at the same time, reading one issue from one and one issue from the other but i do like the fact that it actually if you weren't to do that it will still tell you what the story is so you're not completely lost and uh i actually really appreciate that um as someone who reads a lot of trades it's very nice to think that if i wasn't reading through the orders and i just wanted to pick up all the exo mana wars i would still know what was happening in unity and not have to have bought that book 
that being said i did buy both and uh, i have been actually really enjoying that storyline um it's really fun adam do you have any recommendations um yeah i've got two so uh the first one i kind of talked about i uh, just got out of wonder woman absolutely loved it every second of it uh so if for some reason by now you have not seen it go see it <laughs> it is it's one of my favorite movies of the summer so far <clears throat> um even though i'm gonna have to review it tomorrow and nitpick which part of my job which i hate sometimes the other one is it's the, the trilogy is finally kind of wrapped up but there was a, uh, a a series of books in the star wars universe called uh aftermath by chuck wendig and it kind of tells the story in between uh return of the jedi and the force awakens it was one of the first books to come out after uh, disney bought star wars and became the new canon because they kind of kicked out all the old books that have been written uh, and the reason why I'm recommending it is, uh, first of all, it's a fantastic book. It's a lot of fun to read. Uh, but there's a really, really cool character. He's not the first, but he is a really important uh, gay character in the books. Uh, his name is Singer Rath Vellis. He used to work for the Empire. He was a loyalty officer, so he would go track down people who might be defecting and basically torture and kill them if need be. So he's pretty much a huge badass, but he defects to the Rebellion. You, you find out, I'd say, about three-quarters of the way through the first book in Aftermath, that he's gay in one of the funniest and best ways I've ever seen someone come out in a book. Uh, I won't spoil it because you have to read it to find out, but it's just really great because, you know, you also you're like, oh, I get it now. This is why he's been acting this way the entire time. Uh, but it's also done in a very subtle, funny way that makes it so like, oh, it's not a big deal. This is just part of who he is. And that's how I, I, I wish a lot of things would maybe handle Sometimes LGBT characters, you know, you don't always need the stereotypes. Sometimes you just need, and, and sometimes you do. You do want that person who represents someone other than you. But Chuck Wendig did a great job, got a lot of shit for it, and actually went on a huge rant on Twitter about it, which is awesome, which I will, I'll not repeat here because I have to go look for it. Uh, but yeah, the Star Wars Aftermath trilogy is a lot of fun. And if you're a Star Wars, it's cool to see how we got from Jedi to Force Awakens. Fantastic. I think uh, unless anybody has anything else you want to add, that'll do it for this week. So next week we're starting um, July. What we are doing is we are visiting some of our favorite books from the past year. We're now over a year old. We're a year and a few months old. So we're going back and looking at chapter two of a bunch of books that we uh, we all seem to uh, like. Uh, for the most part, some of them were liked more than others. Uh, so the lineup for uh, the month of July, we're going to do Lock and Key Volume 2, uh, followed by Saga Volume 2, followed by The Wicked and the Divine Volume 2, followed by Sandman Volume 2. And at the end of the month, because it is just now coming out and we need to get ourselves some time to buy it and read it, we'll be reading Bitch Planet Volume 2. Uh, so Yay. we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're re-hitting some of our, uh, our greatest hits. Uh, we're looking to see how those stories continue. Adam, since you are our Lock and Key expert, do you know what happens in Volume 2 off the top of your head, or should we just save that for the year last week? I have not read it in about five years, so I would okay. need to go back and read it again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I remember correctly, uh, so in, in the first issue was when we found out we had the key that turned people into ghosts. Uh, I believe this, and don't quote me here, but I believe the second trade is they find the key that lets you open up someone's head and you can go dig around and like pull memories and emotions out. And the middle sister who's still dealing with the anger and fear and sadness over everything that's gone on uh, removes those feelings from her head and kind of goes through life as almost kind of more like a robot because you can't feel things anymore. So mm. that's either two or three. I'm pretty sure it's two. Uh, two, uh, two is called Head Games because I just bought it. Yeah. Yes, that's that should be the that should be it then. Yeah. So uh, again, if I'm wrong, my apologies. I will correct myself next week. But I mm-hmm. believe that's what this uh, trade's about. So 
I'm looking forward to uh, retouching on some of the stories that we have uh, we've already dug. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably going to be boring because I'm I have a feeling that a lot of our grades and a lot of our votes will be yes. But you know what? We're going to have some fun too. Uh, yeah. And uh, and go and plus it'll probably save us all a little bit of money because I think most of us already own most of yes. these books. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a little bit of a financial break for a month. And, uh, and I tried really hard to get Preacher 2 just for Q, but I was turned down. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Maybe at some point in time we'll do a second chances where we'll try to go back and reread stuff that we hated and we'll read bo 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 Anyway, well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.